Hello everyone, welcome to episode 4 of the Drink, Play, Score podcast. We want to apologize for the timestamp between episodes. We've all been sick and dealing with family matters. In regards to those, Carlos has decided to step away to the, for, uh, from the podcast for the time being. In his place, we've brought, we've brought up Matt from the Beer League. It wasn't an easy choice. There were several much more qualified candidates. Much more qualified. Well, but Drew, here we are. Well, Drew, thank you for including me in this little adventure you have going on here. And uh, it's just an honor. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just a little bit about me personally. I work in sales. I play video games. I'm a sports watcher. Can't say I'm professional on everything, but I definitely have an opinion on everything. <laughs> you dabble. You dabble. I dabble. Uh, mostly, I would say a gamer overall. Uh, playing Fortnite with the boys a lot. But Nothing it also goes... No, not, not great. Smash Bros. for the Switch. I'm a big Switch guy. And Smash Bros. is definitely one of those things that got me into gaming from the jump, so... You were actually ranked in Super Smash Bros. Uh, in, yeah, the one for Smash uh, on Wii U. That was the one where I had a lot of experience. Went to tournaments. Like LAN, not online. <laughs> bunch of bunch of nerds playing in a YMCA or something. Really? Or, a, and, or and Boys and Girls Club or something. Or a, that sounds good. I did a, the basement, I did the basement of a Chinese food or a Chinese restaurant one time. Where? In like Manchester? In Rhode Island. Oh my god, oh. you drove all the way to Rhode Island for mm-hmm. Wow. Did, a lot of people a lot of people went to like people travel in from the New England area, they go to California, Florida, stuff like that. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So you were ranked in New Hampshire, though, right? Number three at one point. Not crazy. to brag, it's kind, <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> New Hampshire, though, to, to be fair, New Hampshire wasn't the best out of the New England regions. Probably second to worst <laughs> out see, of the New England area. So you see what I mean, guys? We could have got the number one Super Smash Bros. player, but in New we, England, yeah. we brought up the third. I mean, we're not trying to get too cocky out here, but... It was more of a budgeting thing. Right. Like, not well, big on Bud Lights. We could, we could, we could provide that. I'm just, the, I'm just the everyman. Incredibly average. So. Right. I think that's what I bring to this. Uh, so, yeah. Incredibly average. I but, yeah, I mean, for sports, pretty much the hometown teams, I would say. Uh, Patriots, uh, Red Sox, Celtics, Revs, Bruins. Not in that order, of course. Probably Revs is at the bottom of that, but right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you big soccer guy. We're gonna talk a little footy. Listen, we're gonna talk footy here. If I here. know anything about anything, I would say it's probably soccer. It's yeah, true. you know when you what's it called juggling? Right, you can juggle a ball into the net. Correct. Okay. That's it. All right. Okay. So we've uh, we've missed a lot of time here. We have a lot of things to go over this week. Um, we're gonna get big into the gaming. Uh, a little quick recap about some sports, some big trades going on. Uh, the start of the XFL, things of that nature. Uh, so we'll go to our big beer enthusiast here to kick off the uh, little drink of the week. Yeah, um, obviously we always start with the drink of the week. Uh, this week I'm drinking probably, I think, the best beer brewed here in New Hampshire from a brewery called uh, Kettlehead. They're up in Tilton off exit 19, off exit uh, 19, I believe. Absolutely incredible, like, double IPA, super hazy boy. Super drinkable, crushable, um, just really so, so good, so dank. 
just one of my all-time favorite beers. I, I literally, like me and Drew, we've been waiting. They haven't actually released in cans since, I believe, October. So we've been waiting very patiently to get some more in cans, which is awesome because they just recently actually started distributing in New Hampshire, but very limited. Um, yeah, actually, another cool thing in the craft beer world, uh, there's actually a new app out there. Um, you know, a lot of people who like craft beer know what Untapped is. There's actually a new app called New Beer. It's uh, pretty similar, but significantly better. You can actually, uh, you know, do all the same things that you can do on Untapped. You know, find your beers, check them in, so you can track all your stuff, which is obviously awesome. So you can know if you've had something. But I think honestly, the coolest aspect of this app, and um, you know, which I think will make this app so successful, is you can actually add any beer that you've had. So with Untap, it actually has to go through a verified venue and stuff. You have to pay to be an Untap verified venue. Then you can get the uh, the beers on there with this. Like just I can go in there and say, "Hey, Stoneface created this new beer and put it in." So anyone else who go later goes in and sees it, that they can check it in, which I think that's is cool. really really cool. That's a good feature. Yeah, and um, actually the app is developed by one of my <laughs> friends that I was in the National Guard with. Super wow, good awesome. dude. So. Um, yeah, I'll definitely be talking about it a little bit more online and recommending for people to do it. But it's a super cool app if you're into craft beer. Like, uh, I think my untapped check-ins were like right around around 1,500. So <laughs> wow. I got to start moving those over to new beer. So that's gonna take a process, but it's a really really cool app. I highly recommend everyone gets it. And to touch on Quest from Richard, I am not a beer drinker at all, in any sort of the of the term. Um, I'm big on cider and, and mixed drinks here, and I would probably take Quest over probably all of my ciders. It is that good. It's it's. I feel like it's probably the best summertime beer I've ever had. It's just it has that great taste to it where it's like a delight to drink. Oh, dude, so nice, so, so like tropical mangoey pineapple. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of nice guava on the back end. It's really a very well balanced beer. Um, and definitely their flagship. Like this is the beer that really put them on the on the market. Now people talk about Kettlehead as being one of the best in New Hampshire. So you're saying that the can it took took a while for it to come back in cans. Is this like a a heady topper type of situation where people kind of just buy it by the caseloads and then they're yeah. So like a lot of craft breweries don't really distribute all that much unless they get really big. Like, a lot of the really good ones will, uh, you know, only brew and sell in-house. Um, then you have to go there and get it, so... Well, it I feel like of, that's half of the appeal, too, is... Absolutely. You you can only get this beer usually up until, like, two weeks ago if you went there. Yeah. And it's good, so it drives, drives the demand up, right? Like, right. people want it, so they don't, they don't keep it on all the time either, because then it kind of ruins its, you know, specialness, I guess. Like, yeah. They brew it over... They keep... They have so many rotationals that they just keep going through. Like, it's kind of just how they do with pumpkin things. Like, they only do it in a certain time frame. Right, yeah. And yeah. they obviously do it a little bit more yeah, often Yeah, they do. They, I mean, year, but. Right. Like, uh, for example, like, one of their other really heavy hitter beers that they sell is uh, called Dinosaur Swimming in the Sky. Absolutely incredible beer. Very generic name. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I can't wait for that one to come out in cans either. Absolutely one of my all-time favorites. And How uh, much is it for a six pack? This is a so well, obviously this is a double IPA. Double so IPA, but I was trying to find sixteen. The ABV that's a sixteen ounce. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if ABV on it is eight percent. Yep, eight percent. So seventeen. That's pretty 
run of the mill for you know four pack of uh, for a uh, you know craft local craft beer four pack. That's nothing crazy. Right. I mean, I think I for me honestly, the most I've ever paid for a four pack of beer, I think close to forty bucks. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not. Yeah, it's wild. I do it often. Well, I hear stories all the time. I mean, I have friends who are into craft beer as well and just go to places and they come out with a dolly with a dolly just yeah, full so of packs like 100 percent. like i go my all-time favorite brewery is called treehouse they're down charlton mass that's, what I was getting, that's the one i couldn't think of treehouse um, i know i get uh snapchats and instagrams oh, yeah. about just all of these all of these uh what were you saying hand carts just oh yeah full so beer. they have them right next to where you buy the beer so like you go there i'll go there on a saturday morning i'll try to get there for open I'll wait in line over an hour just to buy cans because they don't even do pours when they're that busy. And I'll spend like it's two hours away from me one way, so I'll I'll drop I'll drop two hundred on just beer. It's the craft beer industry. Well, it's not really going to go bad. No, well that's the thing is IPAs these hazy IPAs be on the shelf life. So, well, I'm just saying I should say let me rephrase. It's not like you're buying like a, a like a thing of meat yeah, or something. Yeah, you're, no. you're, you're, you have some time. You got like two months. Yeah. Before they start to, you know, become. And if you like it enough to drive two hours, I think you're going to drink it. <laughs> well, that's the problem is I go down there and I get two hundred dollars worth of beer, so I have. <laughs> and he does drink 50 it. Fifty <laughs> cans of beer, in my friend. <laughs> so I do drink it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, so for us, a place that we're going to be going to pretty soon uh, for my drink of the week, uh, the Down East Winter Blend, just about to go out of season here. Um, but uh, you're not even a big cider guy, so this is a funny little flop here mm. such a great cider i mean tastes almost like an apple pie it's an apple pie in a can like, I'm like i'm not a huge cider fan but it's literally apple pie in a can it's it, crazy it, it's it's a fantastic beverage and i've been about it since it came out this this uh this season and uh, i hate to see it go but hopefully it'll be on tap when we go for your birthday and we'll get to go hit the brewery down east there in boston but that's uh that's that's what makes it so good is they only come out with it right every year. exactly. Now I do wonder the last cider is not really my thing. It's not that I dislike it. It's just definitely not my go-to. Yeah. I do wonder. You say apple pie. I've had shipyard where they do the pumpkin one. I forget what they call it. Is it just pumpkin Sh- head? Pumpkin head. And that it tastes exactly like a pumpkin pie, but that's not necessarily what I want. So I'm curious <laughs> if this cider. It's gonna have that same feeling for me, where I'm I'm not necessarily gonna want. Yeah, it'll probably taste just like an apple pie. It will. But do I want that? That'll be the real question. It's a great question. It is. And then you'll just have to tune in to find out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, folks. Yeah. And that's actually gonna wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next week. That'll do it. Uh, um, no, there's a lot of beers like that. Like uh, Pipe Dream is notorious for making extremely, extremely flavorful beers that. Just don't even taste like beer to me anymore. So. Yeah, like I had a beautiful uh, cinnamon toast crunch from Pipe Dreams. And how, was, how beautiful was it? You know I loved that one. That was really good. <laughs> See, chocolate, that's another one. Chocolate I peanut butter. They had some really good ones. Yeah, the cinnamon toast crunch was literally like the, the cin- milk you drink from cinnamon, cinnamon toast crunch. Dude, it, it was really good. It was good. awful. I mean, it was really sounds... good. And it's like 10%. It's, I'll, it's I'll, really I'll have to give them another chat, try because like I said, the last one was the pumpkin head. Yeah. And it tasted just like I said, just like a pumpkin pie, but... Right. It's almost not what I wanted. Yeah. I want a beer. I want a, the taste of a beer. Well, so what do you got for us? What's, what's your <laughs> so oh, well, well, actually, this is a terrible example. But I'm a Bud Light guy through and through. 
my thing with Bud Light is that I like. Uh, real actually, quick, I, I actually real, had real quick. I would actually like just to put it on record that Matt is wearing a Bud Light sweatshirt. I have a Bud Light New Hampshire sweatshirt. I don't know if they sell them anymore at the Budweiser factory in Merrimack, New Hampshire. It is a local brew, so you got to support your local your local macro brews. He's drinking local, so. <laughs> the way I look at it, because I was saying the Quest Double IPA, I tried a little bit of it. I, I liked it a lot. My problem with a lot of these beers, I'm looking to, when I'm when I'm drinking, I'm looking to get slammered. <laughs> right. And the Double IPAs accomplish that, but after like one or two, I'm starting to feel I'm already big enough as it is. <laughs> well, I start I, to feel I, even I, heavier somehow. No, I mean, and I, that's what that's Bud Light. You just Bud Light's so good because you just keep drinking it and it's refreshing. It's not going to blow you away with taste. No, but sometimes you just need a little something to, hey man, you know, get the party started. You're talking to the guy who, at one time, put back twenty plus Bud Light limes in one sitting in a very short period of time. No, well, yeah. So I'm not. You love that. <laughs> and and you did, did you ever feel? Did you ever feel thirsty? Uh, Except well, for more Bud Light lime. <laughs> I guess horribly hot. <laughs> well, in the morning you are, but during the during that evening you're no, you're, you're not wrong. you're flying high. So my strategy really, a lot of the time, as much as we joke about Bud Light, is I'll buy a four-pack or six-pack of something, maybe not 16-ounce, something a little bit smaller. Do that for the first couple, and then just lay into some Budweiser lights. So No, that's actually that's a great strategy. Like, if, if that's your goal, if you're trying to, you know, get turned... Most of, I'll, I'll say most of the time, and... I, I'm not I'm not necessarily the one who loves to go to the breweries. Like I like it. I'm just saying like that's not never something that I'm craving. Right. Like, oh I need to go to the brewery and try X, Y, or Z. Oh man, that's me. Like I they, need to, I need to go to the market basket and buy the thirty rack of <laughs> lights, so I'll follow I'll follow breweries on social media and see when, you know, a certain drop comes out, you know, maybe a once a year type thing and I'm yeah. I'm there like in line waiting. Um and I'll but I also love craft beer like for the taste like i love the craft behind it and all the different hops and what you can do in different styles um so i just i appreciate it as a craft and you know taste not yeah like i don't really drink craft beer if i want to get if i want to drink right you know if i'm if i'm just hanging out playing a video game crack a nice quest and i will say i do like the so i mean the reason to go to these breweries is definitely it's a great social thing that it's easy to do even during the week. Yeah. It's not like you need to have a lot of plan or a lot of time. No, and they're everywhere now. Yeah, and they're, like you said, yeah, every, the craft beer movement, obviously it's been going on for a while, but it seems to be just growing and growing and growing. It's growing at... I mean, there could be a discussion later on about whether it's ever truly going to crash. Or There's is, big is questions it sustainable? About that. Yeah. Is it sustainable? That's... But, but we live in, I think, what, the number one state of, of drinking beer? <laughs> per, like, per, <laughs> per person to gallon of beer ratio we drink new hampshire yeah historically and this again this year has taken the title we drink an egregious amount of beer in new hampshire do you have that i would like to see that list at some point i'm curious if it's like new england area that tops uh, it new or... england is new england new hampshire vermont and mass always top five yeah but you're talking well mass has got to have bud lights so. Verm- <laughs> vermont and mass um are in even maine are arguably three of the best craft beer states in the country. Yeah. 
Um, you don't really get anything that great up until you go out west, and California is really good. But Vermont and New Hampshire is getting there, but New- Vermont, Maine, and Mass are yeah. home of three of the top five breweries in the world. So, it's so crazy. yeah, for beer of the week for me, I would say probably Bud Light. All right, it's gonna be my beer of the week. Give it a try if you've never had it. <laughs> give it a go. So, and, uh, I think can you like give it. us a very thorough review on that? Uh, you know, it's got a nice balance of Budweiser and uh, you know, light. <laughs> and actually, Drew just pulled up this list for me. So Montana is number two. Oh wow! North Dakota, South Dakota. Oh wow! That's followed up. Wrong. Wisconsin, Maine, Nebraska, Nevada, Vermont, and Texas. I was gonna say Texas has got to be up there just because they have. A ton of even so not, not even just craft, but so big. they've got Lone Star, and um, yeah, I mean, there's Lone definitely Star a Bud Light location there. So Lone Star is that a brewery down there or something? Lone, you've never had Lone Star? I don't know. A little background: Matt did wow. live in Texas. For yeah, I did while. live in Texas for a year, but I, I know that even some. I know there's a couple. I, like bar, I, I know there's a couple. Shinerbach is another Shiner Texas Bach's one. A good beer. Yeah, I like that a lot. There's a good one from Austin Brewing Company too. That's... Yeah, see, we don't get that up here. No. But uh, so for just as we're rolling into that, Richard brought up a good point. Kind of when we're playing video games to have a nice beer. So we're gonna kick into our a uh, uh, video game podcast here. Uh, Fortnite is us three is our bugaboo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's definitely the game that we invest all of us really. Way too many hours in. Richard and I recently both just got a scuff controller. Yeah, super adjustment. It's been ups and downs. And Matt himself even got the Xbox Elite, so... Yeah, I mean, I would go over what's... I, I didn't even really know about what a scuff controller was before, so... I mean, so, people at home... So the know. scuff controller really... Um, so currently, Sony does not offer a premium Elite controller. Um... Xbox, the Xbox original Elite controller came out. There's a lot of issues with it. And then they came out with the new one. Yeah. And it's actually, so the Xbox Elite is the number one competitive controller out there right well, now. And that's the one I have. I, I knew about that just because it was a Microsoft thing. So, yeah, to hear there is an alternative for right. PlayStation players. So, well, cool. actually, I mean, Scuff's been around for a while and was really the leader in competitive controllers even before that came out. Um, and really what makes a controller competitive um, with the Xbox and the Scuff is it gives you paddles on the back of your controller, which a lot of people who aren't really, who don't really play a ton of shooting games don't really understand the importance of that. And wouldn't really need it. And wouldn't really need it, absolutely. Um, what it does, and we bought the, uh, the Infinity X, Scuff Infinity Pro controller for the PlayStation. Um, it has two paddles on the back. Really what it allows you to do is be able to jump with one of the paddles on the back and aim or even move. So you at, don't at have the same to, time. At the same time. So you no longer have to take your right thumb off the analog stick to hit your X button and jump sure. and then get back on. And especially in Fortnite when you you're you're boxing up, fighting box battles and you know a lot of close range fighting or even if you're at a long range and you're trying to build up and do all sorts of stuff it becomes actually quite difficult to do that and take your finger off the analog stick and try to get back on and still hit a shot. The uh, scuff really uh, 
that's what it was designed for, and that's what makes it such a competitive controller. Yeah. Also, you can use the you can map with the controller that we got. We can actually map any button on the controller. It's a little bit of an upcharge on it, but we mapped our edit button to the other paddle on the back, which is really nice. So now there's no hold time on our edit. We can just tap it and then go right into our edit. So for mapping on PS4, the scuff controller, you were saying it's an extra charge? So the scuff is... I don't love their business model because their controllers are insanely expensive. For example, they were running a great deal. We were able to get our controllers at a very reasonable price, but we they were doing a flat rate no matter how much you customize it. So if you want to completely customize your scuff controller which gives you the ability to remap it. There's a little magnet. It's called the EMF system. Uh, that's an extra $20. Right, just like anything, just like buying a car. You know, you want the leather seats, it's an upcharge. You want the extended paddles, it's an upcharge. You want the grip on the back of the controller, right. it's an upcharge. So we were lucky to run a special where you could upgrade as much as you want for one flat rate. So no matter what upgrades you did or didn't do, it was just going to be a flat rate. So we were able to get that... Um, and technically, our controllers would have been close to two hundred and seventy dollars for a controller. Yeah, we, I mean, we totally decked them out, and yeah. and we only paid one seventy, which in is in total with tax and, and shipping, shipping and next day shipping. Does it feel more uh, rugged and like? No, honestly, listen, we were talking about this before we bought before we bought the controllers because we were like, hmm, do we want the grip on the back? Is it gonna make a difference? And we took out the vibrations. Yeah, the you know what I mean. So now the controller's light. Interesting. So we were wondering how, before we got them, how they were going to feel, how how we were going to adjust to them. We've both said several times now, we love the grip. The grip feels really good. Yeah. We both have said several times now, we love that we took out the, the vibration. Like makes it lighter. There's no vibration to, you know. That, when, yeah, I like vibration. So, so but what I've, is it? I've done a, obviously, like... <clears throat> I don't think we've actually said it on the podcast, but like we we do have a um, Twitch we stream, and like mine and Drew's ultimate goal is to actually like eventually, hopefully one day, maybe make money playing Fortnite. Like that's nice. like f- shot in the dark. Certainly played enough, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, no, percent. But like you know, um, so you know, I've done a ton of research, and you know, competitive professional players who play on controller don't have those vibrations in because if your controller vibrates, it actually it does throw off your your aim and stuff just a little bit, but right. that could be the difference between you getting that victory royale or being sent back to the lobby. Yeah. I feel like for me, maybe I'll get to that point. And I wonder if on the, I have not uh, dived into the, the Xbox paddle. series pro. Well, the paddles I've done a little bit just for uh, some builds and jumps. So I don't have to move my hand as much, but I wonder if you can just turn it off. Turn what off? The rumble. On the Microsoft might, one. I don't know about might, the stuff. Yeah, you might I wonder if that's just a to, setting. It makes the controller lighter too, which, yeah, um, which is a weird I, thing. I never, yeah, I it never offers think. an advantage somehow. I don't really know how. Sure. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like you wouldn't really expect it to kind of feel better, but it does. Oh, it feels way better. You should. I mean, he, he has this out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a try. I just wonder if actually, <laughs> I'll actually get up real quick. So the big thing for us right now, too, for Richard and I, is just that learning curve in the very oh, beginning. I, I mean, you're talking. I don't know if any of you have a scuff, and if and if you do, just that that layover period where you're so used to not having buttons in the back, to the fact where now you're 
you're building with buttons in the back like you were before and jumping. So that's a big learning curve for me right now is where I'm jumping and trying to build. But I, I hit, you know, maybe jump, and I think I hit build because I'm already hitting a button in the back of the controller. Right, it's definitely a learning curve. You're talking thousands and thousands of hours, and that's not even over-exaggeration. Like, we actually looked the other day. Drew has played almost 2,000 rounds of Fortnite wow. in, since it came out. That is an astronomical amount of time because each round, usually between 15 and 20 minutes. Like, it is not, unless you get, you know, hot drop. That's how it works, though. I mean, we play it after work, do that a couple hours a day. The game's been out for a while, two, and years, I, two years. And I've been playing since season two. Right. So, so yeah. I mean, no, it I sounds like a lot, but it really. How many, how many hours of television have you probably watched no, in your life? No, I'm just saying. So, that, no, yeah. I agree, though. It's 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 just crazy to think about. But then you kind of break it down. It's like a couple hours a day. Yeah, we two really years. Mean. It's right. Sounds about and, right. And for me, I, I usually don't weekend. get stuck on. Yeah. I usually don't get stuck on games. I really don't like. I buy Madden every year, play it for two months, never play it again. Yeah. Same thing. Look, and I love sports games. Like that's such a passion for me. But Fortnite has stuck with me for probably the longest amount that I've ever stuck with a video game, which is incredibly rare. Which I, I like race it's home from like work it, sometimes. You know, people love it or hate it, but still continue to play it because it's offer such a compet it's so competitive you can always be better at the game and it, you really want to be better at the game and the social aspect i think that oh, it huge. provides the most social aspect in the game you can go up to four four people which you know we us three and matt's brother actually we always usually play together um and you can just hang out and play even if you're not winning you're playing for four hours in a blink of an eye. You don't even know what you're yeah, talking to your friends. Like, it, it's out. strategy. It's it's a complete game. They definitely revolu- revolutionized VR. And well, I think it I think it helps that it's bright and colorful. Yeah. Non non like blood and gore, so right. you get the kids involved. Who are be- also way better than us. I would just like to say <laughs> for that. sure. For sure. I'd be a god if I started playing this <laughs> when right. I was yeah. six or seven years old. No, no, that's not even a, no doubt. But anyways, about the controller, I was saying, like, you're thinking, like, thousands of hours, really, on one way to play with that controller, and now you have paddles on the back, so you have to force yourself to do things different, and it's very hard. Like, a lot of studies show it can take up to 600 hours for you to feel comfortable again using the scuff. Um, another competitive thing it does has is uh, trigger stops, so you can actually aim down your sights and uh, shoot quicker. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. And Drew has elected not to, but I actually... I have. I mean, it's down a little bit. It's just not like a mouse click. No, 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 no. I meant the... uh, I have the extended... Oh, the extended. I have extended triggers. So my R2 and L2 are actually extended probably... I mean, I'd say that's an inch. Mine's probably two inches. Oh, at least. They're they're, they're a good extent. Yeah, they're... So I just have big hands. So that helps me a lot, which I really like. Um, We use three different panel options. Uh, I honestly could never see myself using another controller again. I don't think I could go back to a regular controller. Um, Though Sony is expected to put out its own uh, elite controller because, you know, Xbox has theirs now. Scuff is just taking money from Sony. Sony would be crazy not to do it. And, and that's exactly why they made that little adapter yeah, to the back so, of the controller that you got for that short yeah, period of time. Um, we're going to do a video comparison one day pretty soon, just comparing, because I did go out and buy the bat paddle attachment for just the regular DualShock 4 controller for Sony. 
and I wasn't huge on it. I thought that it was too bulky and didn't really fit the controller appropriately. But uh, Sony was just kind of trying to save face right now, knowing that they're losing so much money to scuff and seeing how lucrative this new Xbox controller is. Like, yeah. Scuff used to dominate that. Now they don't even really... I mean, they're starting to phase out some of their Xbox Elite controllers because they can't provide the same price because they're all third-party that Microsoft can. Microsoft can mass-produce at a much higher quality and really better value than you can get a Scuff for. Yeah. So PS4, it's still... Right, we had no other choice. We had no other choice. And I don't know that PlayStation would be able to match the scuff because the paddles fit so seamlessly in your hand, and I think that's an advantage of scuff. What has over even the the Microsoft controller right now is yeah. And you've spoken to it a little bit, like you have to change your whole hand grip when you're playing with that. That yeah. that that's a it's true for us. Well, if you want to utilize, yeah, if you want to utilize all the paddles then you definitely have to adjust. But I also, I don't know how you guys normally hold a controller, and maybe I'm the uh, the weird one here, but I, I like to grip almost all the way around the I used the to bottom. until I got the... So that's right. another adjustment for me is now I can't do that because I have to have my middle fingers on these paddles. I used to really like to hold my controller. Yeah. I mean, you grow up for what playing so video games for so long, and it's... You, there's no paddle. There was never a paddle on the back. No. Yeah. So, and I used to be an Xbox player, so I'm you. I really still kind of ingrained with that bigger controller. So when I get my PlayStation controller, I try not to yeah. grip a little tighter. But the one thing I will say, the Microsoft Elite controller <coughs> for me was worth it because it doesn't have normal Xbox One controllers don't have rechargeable batteries. The build quality is incredible. I actually like the weight. Oh my god. It's- the that, grip that controller is beautiful. and just the build quality alone. If you were not to use paddles, it's still it'd be worth it. it just because it's gonna last for so long. And if you were gonna go from Xbox One to the Xbox Series X, it's gonna be is it seamless. Be backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that was, was actually a thing that we looked at when we were getting scuffs. So like now the main thing is gonna be compatible with the PS5. It will be, yeah. which is nice. But the, there's gonna be a new controller with the PS5 too. So. Right, but at the same time, it's it's not going to have paddles on the back like these do. No. So, I mean, if we're playing Fortnite on PS5, we're still going to be using these. Which we will these. be. I right. think we will be. So, I mean, we're still going to be using these, which is why it, we were like, are we going to buy these if they're not going to be backwards compatible? No, we wouldn't have done it. Right. It just wouldn't have made sense at that point. But I think we'll do a full video, you know, really comparison the two, three controls. We'll, we'll have you bring yours over. We'll, I yeah, think we'll do, yeah. Do a full sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because either system, I mean... You guys tell us what you think. If anybody has well, before, their normal controller, if they were thinking about switching, if you switch, tell us what your thoughts are too. Because so far, Richard and I, and it seems like Matt, we're all very high on upgrading the controller. Absolutely. Um, and I honestly looked at seeing if, before I bought the scuff, I did a ton of research to see if I could get the Xbox, um, the their pro controller to work on a PlayStation. There's a bunch of like, you know, weird mm-hmm. adapters that have input lag and all sorts of stuff. So it's like not worth it. Yeah. But uh, the cool thing about the Xbox controller is it's compatible with PC too. Nice. So. Scott's not? I'm not that controller. Really? Okay. Yes, that's a PS4 only. So it's a, it's, yeah, it's weird. Scuff's, Scuff actually, they've been very successful for a long time, but they're starting to hurt a little bit. They were actually just bought out by, Crosshair, 
Is that how you say it? Corsair or something Corsair, like that. yeah. They're um, a big, huge PC company. They make, I didn't know that, yeah. Oh, Corsair, cool. yeah. They make, uh, you know, I for my PC, I actually have Corsair, mouse and keyboard. Um, so they actually just got bought out by them. So hmm. interesting to see that. See what's coming, uh, coming down the pipeline for them. But I think uh, there's also a lot of updates in video games that we should really talk about. Um, yeah. Definitely we can talk about Fortnite real quick. Uh, they did just come out with the new physics engine. Didn't which, seem like a change of gameplay at all. I don't see any gameplay bugs. Well, no, there's plenty of bugs. Bugs, there's for sure. But not, not just the gameplay itself, the way that it flows. It yeah, I, I don't really change. understand it. And there's a lot of speculation that they put it in the game but haven't activated it or something. I don't really understand the whole physics thing. All I know is it was implemented in the game. It was supposed to revolutionize the game. And there's no difference. I thought part of it was supposed to be like when you broke a tree, it's more so, splinters would come off the tree. It's supposed to crumble rather than disappear. It, it, okay. Yeah. It's, the water would seem more realistic yep. for a cartoon shooter yeah, game, yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, from all the, everything I've read, they just, they put it in the game and I, I don't... I think it was just kind of to improve the overall play and nothing really... Graphics or no, anything didn't seem like that. Changed much at all. There's it's, tons of bugs from it. Yeah, my guess is it's more future proofing, mm-hmm. getting ready for the next systems to come out. No, that's probably yeah. what and it is. for them to be like instead of going on an old physics engine. That as well, much as there's bugs now, there's probably going to be well, a million switched, more bugs. They switched to the number one physics engine in all of gaming right now. The Chaos Unreal Engine is the like. Cream of the crop for physics engines, so. Right, and I mean, Epic owns. What's the Unreal Engine? I don't know about the. Right. The, the other, chaos. The chaos. That's part. that's what the part of it was. So. And that's what's. I mean, the whole ep, ep, could be a whole nother, just even dedicated podcast talking about stuff like this. But Epic created Fortnite. Mm-hmm. They create the Unreal Engine. Yeah. That hundreds and thousands of other games use and, and then switch it and then they just make a percentage of the profits on the game so this company is just can just throw money at it and oh, that's why fortnite is the way it is incredible just because there's so many resources that can just be dumped into it it's it's insane i mean for yeah. a free game the, it generates an insane amount of money yeah it's a free game but is it free? Though? In a sense, you know, you know, it is. I just, I the game is bothered, free. But one thing that bothers me about Fortnite, I love it to death. I don't know how it's so buggy. I know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I said, and it's still in now. early access or beta right. or right. And they just leave it up there. And they're just gonna do it forever. They don't want it to feel perfect. Well, because then they don't have responsibility for right. a product breaking. If right, because mm-hmm. now it's always oh, you knew. Fixing. You knew. You knew. It was in beta. Right. Uh, for another game that we don't play, Season 2 just came out for Apex. Matt, you do play Apex a little bit. It's been uh, a while. I, I do want to get back to it. But... My uh, my brother-in-law, very big into it. Plays it every single day, just like we play Fortnite. Puts in as many hours as we do with it. Um, so, I mean, for for us to... I don't really know much about the game. He always tells me he wants me to play it. I've never I've never even stepped foot into the game. The way I try to explain Apex to people, and I enjoy it, and I really want to get back into it, 
but really the momentum's with Fortnite, with my friend group at least. That or playing a couch co-op game like Smash Bros. Those are like right. the two multiplayer games that I play most often. Yeah. Best way to describe Apex, the creators of Apex are the people, the original people who made I knew that. the first Call of Duty game. Infinity yeah, Ward, when it first started. Oh, Infinity Ward made it. Oh, I did not They didn't know that. make, they made the first Call of Duty game. The two creators of Infinity Ward moved on to create a company called Respawn. Okay. When they got fired from Infinity Ward after Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, it's kind of like... Whole history behind Destiny it. Destiny was the guys from Bungie. Whole idea, right? Yeah, that's... Well, Destiny is Bungie. It's just, it's... Destiny was... They... That was their first game they made after being uh, oh, okay. no longer owned by Microsoft. I thought there was a group of guys who left Bungie who went on to create another company. There was made... another... They did. I don't remember the game off the top of my head. Okay. But yeah, so Apex, the best way to describe it is it's the best parts of Call of Duty, that frantic action, the just very addictive, very tight controls, Yeah. great movement in that game, because if you ever played, did you ever play Titanfall at all? I did. That game was just incredible movement, wall hopping and yep. sliding and all of that. Yep. All of that's in Apex, so if you love Call of Duty... Then you're gonna love Apex, and then it just brings in that battle royale, you know, the loot, the looting, the shooting, the eliminating, getting down to that, you know, circles getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and then it's whoever's can come out on top. I do love Call of Duty, but I haven't played. You like in like quite zombies. a bit of times. I'm a huge zombie guy. You're right, but Black Ops Two, I I played a ton of online too. I mean, COD Four. The original uh, yeah, I mean, all the ones before. I mean, these last couple I haven't really played that much. I play. But I do miss playing Call of Duty games in itself. I love BR. I really do. Yeah. And well, I, I kind of wish it would. With BR uh, now, of I mean. course they are. But I just feel like it's not It's not the same as what Fortnite is doing. But I yeah. love Call of Duty. Call of Duty relies heavily, at least for me, on a group of people. In a lot of these games. A lot of these multiplayer games, for me... I don't really like playing by myself. Right. Even if it's obviously you're playing with 15 other people, or right. in the case of Fortnite, you're playing with 98 other people. Yeah. A lot of it for me is the social, like you said, the social aspect. We were talking earlier about how we spend so much time on it because you're just shooting the Shut shit with your friends. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. What the game Sometimes is. it doesn't matter about the game. It's just yeah. like hanging out. Yeah, and if everybody's on it, you want to be you want to be on it too. And that's how I feel about Call of Duty, and that's why I like Call of Duty. But the problem is you have to have more people yeah in mm -hmm. one lobby you in fortnite you could have four or two or even if trios is a game mode at the time three apex you can do three yeah sometimes they have this solo or duo i don't know if they so, still do so apex doesn't offer just a everyday no, it's solo trio. trio it's Ooh. trios and then they started to do a duo and i think they just tested out a solo mode and this is where i'm not I've been away from it long enough that maybe they they're still in there. I'm that part. I'm not sure. Right. And hopefully, I'll, I'll actually. I, I want to try to get back to it sometime this week so I can be more knowledgeable on mm -hmm. it. But anyways, Call of Duty. Yeah, I mean, if Rust is back, Rust is back. I mean, Modern, War, back. Modern Warfare Two is my favorite Call of Duty. Yeah, I mean, it's the game. It's, it's probably the multiplayer game other than the Smash Bros. game I've poured the most hours into, and now Fortnite, probably. So, and realistically, if I could get a group of Six people to play Modern Warfare 2 right now, or on a consistent <laughs> basis, I would 
drop Fortnite in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the problem. It's like it's so much easier to get a group of four, a group of two. Yeah. Two, yeah, three, or I mean, four it, for Fortnite. Two, yeah. three, or four. And it was funny because you were like, you're like the search and destroy mode in Fortnite because they just came out with that recently. It was like uh, creator. I think it was a creator driven thing. It was. Yeah, it's, it's it community driven. Yeah. Community yeah. driven for sure. And you're like, oh, the search and destroy is so fun. I'm like, it's I, I would just play Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. I just which like, is just like TDM. Like that's just, if Fortnite tried to make a TDM. I think it. it just no, work. I don't think it was Fortnite trying to do it. It was, definitely, it was community driven. So some creator did it. Yeah. And I yeah. thought it was actually really cool, and it's actually gaining a lot of traction. They actually held two practice tournaments for it over yeah. this weekend. Ton of content creators are jumping on it. I would not be surprised if it's a regular LTM from now on. That'd be nice. Yeah, and I'm not against it. I'm just saying for me personally, I play yeah, Fortnite for the Battle Royale yeah. mode. I play Fortnite because yeah. I like the the shooting and the building combination, which is so unique to it. That's why the game is I don't alive. really the like... The building is so unique. If I'm going to play a first-person shooter, most of the time I'd rather do like a team deathmatch or search yeah. and destroy. Capture you know, the flag. Capture the flag, domination, that kind yeah. of thing. Apex is the only battle royale that's not that like is only shooting that's kind of grabbed me and it's because I think it's more unique than say PUBG or right. yeah. uh, what, Black Ops 4. Right. Oh, they had one there. Yeah. 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 I mean, people like it. But I mean, it just came out today that, you know, potentially the new Call of Duty might be teasing a BR mode in the coming seasons. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Uh, it's just the number. It's what people like right now, and yep. not even right now. For years now, it's not going away. No. I mean, you're talking the number one grossing game in Fortnite. The amount of money that that BR style brings in is crazy. They offer million dollar tournaments every weekend, and I mean the Fortnite World Cup, which I mean they're actually I think qualifiers start pretty soon. Um, or have already started. Uh, I don't think they've already got going. But, I mean, Booga won six mil last year? Three. three. That was three. 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 And it was a $6 million prize pool. Yeah. That's yeah, what so it was. I think that's right. So, I mean, <laughs> no one's... At, at 16 years old. But that's just the crazy thing. The BR, you can have a $6 million prize pool for a Battle Royale game. That's free to play. The it's BR, the, yeah, the BR appeal is that you add longevity to your game. And then you add a revenue stream for skins or emotes or sprays that you can put onto a wall yep. or anything. Like, that's that's the goal of these mm-hmm. Battle Royales is to extend the life of your game beyond the next Call of Duty coming out. No, and nobody, everyone stops playing the other one. No, I agree. So, um, yeah. Honestly, my, I think my favorite game I've ever played, and I before I played Fortnite, I poured crazy amount of hours into it. It was Rainbow Six Siege. I, if I still could get people to play that game, I would. That game was absolutely incredible. And I played before. I don't even know where it is at anymore, if they offer a season pass or anything. You know, I think they do. They do, but that was what happened within the first year and a half of that game is kind of lost its appeal because there was no anything like that. Yeah, I was very big on the Uncharted games. You know, I've always been a PS4 guy. And so, for me, Uncharted, like... No, I've, I've been so big on those. I don't know if you guys have played Uncharted. Oh, yeah. I mean, such a great yeah, story Uncharted. game. I mean, ugh, what a fantastic one. The best PS4 Completely game. different. They're making, yeah. It's completely so different great, yeah. from what yeah, we're talking are, about. But. Yeah, they're just great. 
third-person action games, which right. Sony is known for. I mean, Spider-Man or yep. Un- Uncharted, Spider- or Last The Last of Us Part Two, which we could talk about in another episode. I mean, even about even the hype on that. Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. Yeah, that game was. Sony, Sony are the wild. masters of the third-person action game. Yeah. So. Um, but I think that really covers the video game updates, right? Call of Duty. Call of Duty, Apex, Fortnite, they're all starting to kind of get ready for their new seasons yep. or release their new stuff. And it's it's, it's cool to see. Finally is going to release a new season. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, the 20th. February 20th. Yeah. I'm, well, we'll see. They've already pushed it back, what, twice, twice, three times now? Right. Fingers crossed. So moving on to a little bit of a sports here. Um, just very quick. I do want to touch on the Kobe Bryant you know, tragedy and everybody else involved in the crash. Brutal. Um, we don't need to dive deep, very deep into it, but you know, just condolences kind of out to everybody that was involved in it, and what a shame that I mean, he was such a legend, and it, you know, you saw all over social media. I mean, still to this day, I mean, they're still posting things about Kobe, kind of everything he did, and how much he meant to all the players, and what he did for all the game. So, just kind of want to touch on that, just to yeah, he definitely meant a lot to the game. Um, condolences to everyone involved. Really, it's not just Kobe. Nope. It's everyone involved, so um, you know a lot of people are hyper focusing yeah. on Kobe because he right. was an absolute legend and you know deserves to be honored. But it's doesn't everyone. mean he's a better person than everybody yeah. else on no, the planet. Condolences to everyone. Yeah, a lot of uh, people around Sports Talk Radio. I mean, we're in the Boston area. It's a hotbed for Sports Talk Radio. We have two dedicated channels to it on the radio, and they were actually bringing up a good point where. They were talking about how Kobe is this generation's. Maybe you argue it better or worse than, I would say, Jordan's still better. But it's this generation's Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah, for sure. So when, especially us in New England, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Like, I'm a Celtics fan. Right. The Celtics were really bad for a long time. And we had to look, other than Paul Pierce, until Paul, Paul Pierce came true. along. We, we had to look that. elsewhere for right. NBA stars. Yeah. And I know for me, I'm a little older than you guys, so for me it was players like Penny Hardaway yep. later on, um, Shaq. Of course. Of course. But Kobe was... The guy. Kobe was everywhere. Yeah. You couldn't look around. Even in kids in high school were wearing Kobe jerseys. I have a Kobe. Until Paul, like I said, until Paul Pierce came around, you, he was an icon. Yeah. I'm a huge Celtics guy. I have a Kobe jersey. I have Kobe shoes. Like, you got to respect the player. It's just like being such a big Red Sox fan. You have to respect Derek Jeter. He's just one of those guys that he... he You can hate him. You You can can hate him him as far as an athlete goes against your team. Sure, because he's on your rival. But you have to respect the guy as a player. Yeah, you're a fan of the sport. Right. You just have to. Unless it's LeBron, because... Screw LeBron. <laughs> so rolling right into uh, you know the sports part of it, we can talk about the NBA tra- uh, trade deadline, winners and losers here. Uh, as we were saying, Celtics, we're all big, big Celtics. Losers. I was Celtics, say, big, losers. Take, big losers. Celtics are big losers in need of a big um, and lost big. <laughs> so without the vulgar language, Brad Stevens. I mean, not Brad Stevens. Danny Ainge is a wussy. Yeah. He's holding on to these draft picks for God knows what now. He has a very talented young core in Jalen Brown, Tatum. Kemba's not that old. 
I mean, between those three, those guys are putting up, I mean, combined at least 60 a night. Yeah. It's crazy. And he knows what we need to be competitive. If you're looking at the East, you can see Toronto, even now Atlanta, I mean, not competitive, but they got a big, because um, they needed it. Uh, so Toronto, Milwaukee, these guys have bigs. We need a big to be competitive with them. And he knew that everyone in Boston, I mean, even if you're not a huge Celtics fan, you can watch them get out-rebounded all night long. And Capella, who we thought about going, was the perfect big for the Celtics team. He could still run the floor. You know, it wasn't a Andre Drummond-type big. It was the guy who can actually still run the floor and fit into this Brad Stevens offense. And Ainge decided to hold on to these assets still and not go get the big we need. We don't need those assets anymore. You're not going to get a superstar. Very rarely are you going to get a superstar where we have first-round picks right now. We were holding on to this Grizzlies pick, hoping and praying to God that they would tank. They're a potential playoff team. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs, and we're going to get John Morant. Right. Yeah, we're going to get nothing. Especially if you look at what they gave for Capella. Which, he was the guy I wanted. Of but course, even me too. Drummond, they oh gave up a bag of chips. A bag of chips and a pickle that's been sitting <laughs> on the floor of McDonald's for four weeks. <laughs> they did. They gave up absolutely nothing for a guy who's averaging like 16 or 16. He's having the best year of his career. I don't think he fits in the Celtics offense. Not as much, but, uh, but I mean, they still, they still would have benefited from him. And like I said, Ainge, as much as good as he's done, that he he gets so again. afraid at the trade deadline for yeah. some reason. He, he needed to make a move. The team needed it, and fans wanted to see them make a move because they never do it. Because they're legit. They're with, legit this year. Especially with a big. I mean, these guys can play. They, You're they talking got right young now, talent. When, when healthy? Um, they're, what, 10 out of 11 right now. Five of the past 10 wins coming against playoff teams. Yep. This is a very legit basketball team. Who is missing one one aspect? And you have the assets to go out and get that guy when there's numerous teams shopping that thing. Who said, "Hey, we don't want this guy past the trade deadline," and you don't do it. It's it's mind boggling to me, and I don't really understand where Ainge is, what his long term plan is. Because, like I said, we have a good young core already. You right, can't just keep Tatum, drafting kids. Jalen, like, and even like they've shown flashes with Robert Williams. He's been a little unhealthy, but the kid's a good player. Uh, Romeo Langford has shown balling, good yeah. minutes this year. Like they really liked Carson Edwards when he came out of the draft. He's a legit scorer. Like they have kids on their roster that can play. Like if they could have given up just a little bit just to get Capella, I think it would have played dividends for them in the future and this year even. Take a look at like you're seeing. There's no Kevin Durant. On the Nets. The Warriors are wounded and dead. Dead. Worst team the Lakers, they're, they're good. They're going to make a run. But I've seen LeBron... Choking pup. When you have to rely on LeBron as much as a lot of the championship teams or competitive teams he's been on do... It doesn't work out a lot of the time. But you have another LeBron LeBron work out. You have AD. Yeah, superstar. But the general point I'm trying to make is that if there was ever a time to kind of load up a little bit, or even just and getting Clint Capella, I wouldn't even say is loading up. No, it's I just think that's just that getting a big. Right. 
I'm not saying he's a bad player, but it's not like you're getting a superstar, Anthony yeah, Davis, like or Carl <laughs> Anthony Town. You're not getting, right? Yeah, superstar. So you have to put your chips in the t- on the table. Go at least maybe a quarter of your chips. At the very least, and you're not going all in no, to try to win in an East at least that's a little bit damaged or down you're talking compared to last year. Four four teams in the East who are literally competitive right. this year. You're talking the Celtics. Milwaukee, the Heat, and Toronto. Those are really the only four teams I could see. And I see Toronto being beat. For Toronto's sure. I, just don't, I don't think they have enough. I know they're playing great right now. Right now. What, I don't think what they streak have are they on right now? It's 14. Yeah. I, I just don't think they, they have enough to win a championship again this year. At Milwaukee, I picked them to win. Yeah. I mean, what this team's, what, 46 and 7? <laughs> they're they're so playing cool. out of their mind, too. Yeah. I just think, I don't know, I, in my opinion, this is a good season it to is. try to stack up a little bit and make a run because Milwaukee's the brick wall, but I think there are a few cracks in that brick wall yeah, that, that, they that, can if we play right. That's Absolutely. a great point because next year, it's only going to be harder to get to this position because, like you said, Brooklyn will be healthy. Right. The Wizards, I mean, not the Wizards, Jesus, the uh, Warriors. Warriors will be, you know, returned to form. Now, yeah. they've got a good... Like they could still be yeah. come right back next year and still make you slipped up, but Absolutely. yeah, you slipped up. But even the warrior or the wizards, I just slipped up. Even the wizards can come back even a little sure. bit stronger than they were. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're this year. Too. Yeah, I think the NBA is in a great spot with competitiveness because that's actually what's kind of drew me away the past few years. Is it hasn't been super competitive. I think there's a lot of really good teams right now. Yeah. But like like you alluded to, this is this would be the year where it's just a little bit that you could probably get lucky with one. Yeah. Right? And I, th- I think every year the Celtics are rumored or they're after this guy or that guy at the trade deadline. And Always. Yeah, we kind of we kind of I'm used to it at this point. I think even green teamers are a little used to it at this point. So I think the other reason it hurt a lot this year is like I said because the East seems it's not a layup to get no. into the no. NBA Finals, but the you can see the path more than exactly. other years. It's a glaring need, and it's for a team who is probably the best Celtics team we've seen since we won championship. Both sides this are going to be a battle, both conferences. Yeah. But like, I think the Celtics have the easier path. Like the Trailblazers right now are a similar team to the Celtics. Like it, it seems like they need one piece. Yep. Dame is always great. McCollum's always great. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like the Blazers need one spot, but you look mm-hmm. at the teams at the top of the West, you're like, they're probably not going to make it again. But the right. Celtics, you look at them with one piece, you're like, no, they, they could. With they one could, piece, do they could do it. Yeah. It's true. They yeah. could do it now without that one piece if everything's going well. Yeah. It's going to be very Tough. difficult. With some young kids who've got to play big. Yeah. And Tatum and Brown have had really great years. Great years. So. Great years. I'm glad, yeah. The the sign the Brown signing at the beginning of the year made me oh, a I little little second. questionable, but I think I've eaten my words on that. I, so I'm with you too. Uh, I was very upset because yeah. he was bargaining for more money when right. he was a bench player last year. Yeah, but more, he's really really stepped his game up this year. That's the more mind boggling thing to me about this trade. What really makes me so infuriated is Boston has a hard time getting free agents to come to Boston. There's no doubt about it. Like yeah. we got Hayward and we got Kemba, but a lot of people don't want to come to Boston. That's been out there. And Boston we, in the winter is a lovely place. You know, for sure. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't want to come to Boston. We have all these young people who now we are going to have to 
go out and pay for, right? Because we're not going to, we're still paying Hayward, we're still pay paying Kemba, we're still paying Brown now. We're going to have to pay Tatum. You have to. You have to pay Tatum. If you pay Brown, you're paying Tatum. Like, right. So you can't even, we're not even in really a position where we can, you know, really get a super high pick and get someone who does turn into an all-star and keep him long, long-term. So it it's it's just mind-boggling me why they didn't go out and get Capella, who you could have moved some money off your roster somehow and really made that contract feasible, though Capella is expensive. Good for the Hawks because they needed a guy to go along with Trey Young, yeah. which you guys know I'm very high on Trey. Yeah, Trey's uh, long. Good for the Heat, going out and get Iguodala, some other players. Like the Heat the are heat legit. Are good. The Heat, are the good. heat the have some good guys that play, I know. good all year. So there are teams that won. I don't know why the Cavs got Drummond because they have nothing else. But, so I mean, there's some teams that made some trades. That we'll see, we'll good see. for them to a certain degree, but it's just we look at it for us because we're like, why didn't the Celtics? Make Celtics this trade? Yeah. Maybe maybe something will happen in a buyout situation. That yeah. was the other rumor. It. Something. I think yeah. there needs to be some sort of acquisition, like you said, a veteran leader. Maybe it. We'll see. So along with that Boston lines here. A trade that I hated to see. Just my favorite player in the entire <laughs> league. Seeing Mookie Betts leave the Red Sox to go to the Dodgers. It's a simple... Uh, it's dollars and cents. <laughs> just, uh, I know. I know. But, it's not, uh, I mean, the guy is probably the second best player in baseball. That they just ran no, out of town is. just to get rid of David Price's contract. That's to absolutely true. nothing in return. They did get nothing. Um, you could not retain Mookie after this year. The Red Sox could have prevented this. There's, uh, I actually have a thing. I'm, I don't know the exact stats. Um, they, over two and a half years, consistently undercut him when offering him contracts. Yeah. And it got to the point now where he was an MVP. He's the second best player in baseball. It got to, to the point where he was just too expensive to keep. They could have negated this whole thing and paid him. They offered him... Um, it was five for two, right, when the market called for three? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, sorry, let me just find the stat real quick. The one thing I'll say about... Oh, I got it right here. Okay, what do you got? So it was, uh, they offered him five for one when the market called for two. They offered him two, two when the market called for three. And then they offered him 290, and Mookie came back with 420. So right then, this was a few years ago, they knew that it wasn't going to happen because they had significantly undercut him. He should have been paid a long time ago. I have no issue with them not paying him 420. Yeah, that's crazy. Not Not even that. I have no issue with them trying to get a bargain. Xander Bogart signed at a reasonable rate. Yeah. Compared to if he hit the open market, he probably right. would have gotten right. probably would have got more sizable, more a more sizable deal. You have to, if you're the Red Sox, a homegrown talent like Mookie Betts. Beyond that, the age, you know, Mike, he's a Mike Trout esque, not as big, not as bulky. I think Mike right. Trout, better player, obviously. My only hope is, and it's a it's a long shot, is that they do something like. The Yankees did with Araldis Chapman, where they traded him, got some, got something, 
They can't. They and then they just re-signed him. I talked to that with Drew. I don't see how the Dodgers are even going to retain Mookie. Because they, they, they have why. good young talent on their roster, too, yeah. that they need to retain. Bellinger, and I top said, 25 player in And I have said, um, you know, I came out a little hot about this trade. But I'm actually pro the trade because I think the Red Sox need to keep Tendi Endeavors. No, you're not. Uh, see, De- Devers, De- Devers, yes. Uh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm huge not huge on Tendi. It's not that I dislike Benintendi, but if you're, uh, if you have, if if I have to pick Mookie Betts or Andrew Benintendi, not that you're they're going to make the same money, but when you're the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees or the L.A. Dodgers and you don't or any of these cap. major market organizations that can afford to pay this much money to a player. Where we've thrown money at Evaldi, Chris Sale, Carl Crawford, David Price, Panda, Hanley, all these guys that they kept around for years and they let Moogie walk. I'm hoping it's a reset and there's enough backlash attendance wise, yeah. media wise, fan wise. I'm not going, yeah. I promise you, I'm not going to a Red Sox game this season. Because I said that Mookie. two years ago, I was talking with Drew and I said, if they trade Mookie Betts, I'm. I'm not gonna watch a Red Sox game, but it's the minority. See, I still love the team so much, and I think they needed to keep other players around. They're still paying JD a lot of money. They're paying Chris Sale. JD resigning screwed those plans to get under the uh, yes the tax there. They're but paying, they don't need to be for, under the tax. They don't need to be, but they were so far over. If that's the directive, I don't. I don't even blame him for wanting to be under. But you don't say we need to be under. So when right, let's try a Mookie Betts needs to be moved, they're getting pennies on the dollar. Right. Because yeah, I mean, that, there's a lot of backlash about you know MLB analysts saying super hyper focused on trying to shred salary. Yeah. And. I really think the driving force behind the trade was the trying to get rid of that price cap, was. which wasn't even that successful because Red Sox are still paying fifty percent yeah. of his contract. Yeah, so <sighs> it, you just my, hate my, my hope is that even if it, so, the number one thing for me would be pipe dream. They sign Mookie Betts in the off season. Yep. If they go out and don't sign anybody, not a big free agent, or make a big somehow trade, Splash, I prefer to have it be a signing than a trade because the whole point is to try to rebuild the system because it's so poor. But if they don't, if they go out and do nothing, then this next offseason, I'm, I don't know, I, I don't understand it, and I it's not we're not the Tampa Bay Rays. No. I know that's where Heim Bloom came from, right? But we're not the Rays. We're not a, the a small market team. And- no. And I've just I don't know I, th- that that trade bothered me. We sell a out lot. the stadium every game. every single game. It's not like the Red Sox are making money off of right. Everything. They can afford it. But Mookie wasn't taking any hometown deal. He already won World Series. He He's an MVP. Second I just don't baseball. know how you could physically pay Mookie Betts, Devers. I think the Red Sox are big on Tendi. They got like well, they already signed him to the two. Right to the two ten, for ten, right? Yeah, because of arbitration. But like to you're still arc, letting yeah. a guy that hit thirty home runs consistently has a hundred ribbies, has twenty to thirty steals, is a gold glover. He's a second best ball player. Right, that's what I mean. You still let him walk for literally like a cheese grater and a like an air mattress. It's like if the Angels traded Mike Trout. It's that same level yeah, of it is. It is of like why would you do that? As yeah. much as you don't want to pay him, pay him. If the Angels can have Trout 
Poolhouse, Rendon, Carpenter. Like, they still have They have so Angels, many contracts. Every, Not that the Angels are a good example, because the Angels are... A bad organization. A bad team, because Mike Trout's, what, never... Has he been to the postseason yet? I don't think so. They still make tons of money, too. They still so. sell out. It's L.A. Um, and you know what? Another frustrating thing about it is, is everything that I read said that Mookie did not want to leave Boston. I don't know if that's a... Well, maybe that's true, but he also... I'm not... I don't blame Mookie for wanting to hit the market. If I could have the chance to make $420 million. You bet your yeah. butt. <laughs> I, I, I would kind of get rid of allegiances at that point. <laughs> yeah. So I don't blame him on that part. I do wonder if some of it's spin. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. For him to be like, not close or keep all of his options open, including the Red Sox. Because it's not worth burning bridges especially when you have the opportunity to make that much money so that's what we got for baseball Red Sox hired an interim manager today the bench coach yep yeah we'll see how that goes I think I think probably by next week they'll have an actual coach within the next two weeks we'll hear what yeah because they pitchers and catchers reported today yeah so I mean right I think coaches are trying to hold off to see what comes of out of this investigation yeah to know what they get themselves into makes sense because you're going to come into a broken locker room. I don't know about broken. For the Reds, maybe the Astros, yes, broken. Red Sox. They said very, le- very less severe than what the Astros were. Yeah, and it yeah, seems the, like nobody's. an investigation makes me wonder. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know if it's because they. It's just the second lack case. Of findings or... yeah. Not even lack of findings, but say it's the first case or the second case of this whole thing. It's like yeah. the first time you're like. This is what we found. It's like, if it happens a second time, well, we got to figure out. We got to dig deeper and figure out yeah. if this goes any further. Right. That part we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited to figure out if we have draft picks to build <laughs> the farm system. Yeah, farm system. And I'm glad we got players in the, at, at that deal. I'm glad we got players instead of picks. any sort of pick or anything. And I think that was something they were after, too, was players instead of picks. Yeah. Knowing what could come down the pipeline. I mean, we'll see about that. I'm. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And then just to touch, finish up here on the XFL uh, that oh, started the over the weekend. So uh, I did watch a little bit of the games. Um, I had drills, so I couldn't. And I, I mean, there was actually some good football that I saw you played. I mean, guys were making plays, and there were hits that in the NFL you probably would have been ex- just gone from the league for. Yeah. But I mean. It's violent, and everyone kind of knew it was going to be. It was cool kickoffs. The kickoff like, was cool. I like the fact that it was like one, two, or three points on, mm-hmm. after the touchdown. Like it, it was a cool dynamic, and I actually enjoyed watching football after football. <laughs> it will really test how dedicated people are to football as a sport, as opposed to the NFL or their product or their college team. Yeah, I liked it personally. I've always said that the NFL should be on Saturday. I'm one of those yeah, guys where I like that too. I don't like. I love watching football, but the moment the Patriots are over, or even just the one o'clock, four o'clock games are over, then your your day is pretty much gone because all you did was watch football, right. which sounds good in theory. It's fun while it's happening, but right. then afterwards you're, you're like, yeah. "Oh crap! I, yeah. I gotta go to work tomorrow." <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't think the, the NFL will never play on Saturdays while college football is on. College football. Oh well, yeah, that's a problem. Most of the South. Yeah. 
But XFL, it was funny. I was watching it, and it's the first time my buddy is uh, sports better. Bets on things, especially with DraftKings, the new DraftKings app, and Love that. betting in I know New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they're pretty open about the gambling aspect of it. Even on the broadcast, they'll have the the over under yeah, on the, the on the scoreboard or on I the bottom ticker there. And it was it got me to put twenty five bucks on one of the teams and you win lose. <laughs> I think I mean I, win. I mean. Something so cool about the XFL is you could literally. I saw a meme about it. It was like you could fumble the game away, and a reporter can talk to you five minute, five seconds I later. Love that part on the sideline I'm, and be like, "Hey, you just lost the game. How do you feel?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because I was watching it during, and you know, a guy got a nice interceptor, and they're immediately like on the sideline, like, so "Hey, cool. you know, you made a great play. Like, what did you see there? Like, it it is pretty cool." But it probably is pretty frustrating for some of the players like, oh if they're goodness. the ones making the mistakes. But like, I actually kind of like that aspect of it. I mean, it showed like there, it looked like there was a lot of fans there. Like there were a lot of people at those games. The first game had seventeen thousand. I, I mean, it's not a bad, it's not a bad show. Three point five million viewers. Right. The XFL is already averaging more viewers than an NBA game. And you said about Washington. That so Washington. there was a the Washington XFL team there. Um, their first game. Average more viewers than a single Washington Redskins game this year. That's what I've read online. So. Well, that's a pretty low bar. For I know the, it is uh, a low but bar. It, but that tells you, like, uh, yeah. it, they could take strides. You never know. And it's true. It, it's the first game, so we're not going to overreact. A lot of people were just tuning in to see what it's about. Right. We'll have to see over the season. Um, but if it does make that much viewers, the XFL is going to be a money-making machine because yeah. these players are making $55,000 a year. Which a lot of people want to go out and say, you know, sports players make way too much. These guys are doing it for the love of the game. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, making, they're, they're, they're not making that much money. Yeah, hoping for another chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of... And they're, if your team wins, you get a $100,000 bonus to break up between the players. So, I mean, that's another huge incentive for these guys. Every like game? 55K, every game. If oh, your wow. team wins, you get a hundred grand to split between the players. So, I mean, if you're the team that just lost, you just lost out. You don't lose out a hundred thousand thousand, a hundred thousand personally. You, you just lost out a couple grand, a couple yeah. grand for you to make fifty five k. Yeah, like it, it's it, it's it's cool. It's cool. I like it, and the players are playing with such energy because, yeah. like you said, they wanna. They'll do. They're doing anything now to get to that. You know, get a shot at the next level. Yeah. I was watching a game and somebody hit a fifty four yard field goal. And if you're a kicker in the XFL and you hit consistently these types of field goals, you have an honest-to-God's chance of making it onto an uh, NFL team. Uh, especially I'm, right now. I'm not saying it's going to work for every position. Like, if you're a quarterback in the XFL, they may look at the the level of talent and be like, he's not yeah. there. Or he threw a pick against a guy that doesn't right. have any knees or something. Right. <laughs> but, the, but, but the kicking is, is you're right. That's if you're a kicker or a punter, this is, your, this is your chance to shine. See that guy, that punter. He put a ball on the one yard line. Beautiful punt. His own guy, instead of just downing the ball, literally dove on it and brought it back into the end zone oh, for no. a touchback, dude. Was, uh, Pat McAfee. Or McAfee. Or, uh, yeah, McAfee. Yeah. McAfee yeah, yeah. was actually commentating, and he was like, What the heck is this guy <laughs> doing? Like. I, I will say it's a good testing ground. Take or leave the XFL as a sport. It's a good testing ground for new rules, outside of the box ideas. I 
we, you talked about the kickoff. The kickoff is, so kick cool. is awesome. I love that idea. It's pretty that should safe be implemented. Too. I like the punting. The punting is they're making it, uh, they're putting a, less of an emphasis on it. Yeah, I know. I like it that. seems like it's a huge mistake to punt right now in the uh, XFL. Yeah. Really? So why is that? Because I don't think you can. Um, I actually don't even know the rule, but it's something where you can't like uh, hit another player until a certain point. Isn't isn't even that the case on a punt? I, I, I thought. And then did you also see that in the final two minutes, even if you complete a pass and like the play field, the time stops. That's cool. So they're making it easier. You're down 14 with two with you know two minutes left. You still have a chance to come back in this oh, game that's because tough. you don't have time management. I mean, you do have time management to a degree, yeah. but you're not burning your own timeout or only doing plays at the sideline. You have the your playbook is completely open. It makes it more exciting, right? Exactly. You so can you work go. the middle of the field. Exactly. You can, you can do whatever you want there, the and then. Instead of an onside kick, they're doing. Mm-hmm. You technically have a fourth and fifteen on your own twenty, and if you get it, you keep going. And if you don't, the other team takes over. Ooh. So there's two big spots there at the end of the game where you could really swing. That's cool. That I also cool. like the extra points. There's yeah. no extra. You know, you can't yeah. take one. One, two, or three. You gotta throw it. Yep. That's or make a play at least, not right. throw it, but you gotta do right. throw a run. So what's the yardage for a three pointer? Ten. I think it was ten. Something like that. I think it was like on the two yard line to one, the five yard line to two, and a ten yard line to three. That's sick. Mostly, it's also kind of exciting. Like you're asking me questions, you're like, "Why is the punting worse?" I'm like, "No, I don't know, but it's clearly it worse great. for some reason. I don't know the rule." <laughs> it's actually kind of exciting to watch a sport again and kind of learn with it, like you yeah. used to when you were a kid. You're like, "Why yeah. is there a yellow line on the field? Is that real?" No, it's not. It's a television. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's sustainable and. It will actually be a successful league, and I hope so. Yeah, I hope we'll so too. Well, I, I, I hope so too. More football is cool. nice. Mm-hmm. More football is nice. I won't change my like. If the Patriots are on, I will change. I I won't do anything on Sunday. I won't do that for the XFL. But if you know, if I'm showing, not they would never put it on Sunday during football season. No, no, no. no the XFL will always run after a football season. Right. So. Yeah, I think he's saying he's not. Gonna I'm s- not going to. I'm not, not going to block, block out the way, time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, right, 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 right here. Yeah. If it's on and he's sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah. me too. I'm, I'm the same way for the Saints. I won't do anything else. So, yeah. except. Uh... <clears throat> yeah, so that'll do it for, uh, for this week's podcast. Um, if you guys haven't already, please follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're at Drink Play Score. Uh, also on Facebook, Twitter, all of the above. Twitch, Graham, Mixer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're adding Mixer here now, um, but we are already on all those other platforms. Twitch, yeah, we got. Um, we love to see you guys jump in on our Twitch account while we're streaming. We're we're on pretty much every day, so usually, literally, it's you. I'm always on streaming, and I'm either with Drew or Drew and Matt. Yeah. So, and if you like it, it's a good way to. If you like us and like the podcast, it's a good way to ask stuff that's beyond the drink play score, kind of method we're doing here you can right. ask questions outside of it and that's a great place to do it so. yeah so definitely chime in on all platforms please give us that follow and um, we're definitely going to be more consistent now with the you know every week hopefully every week, you know yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday so um, that's going to do it for us for episode 4 bye guys see you later Yeek.